When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a season finale edition of Rams All Access. It is a massive one. One of the biggest games since the Rams returned to Los Angeles for so many reasons. But we welcome in our friend, our colleague, DeMarco Farr for yet another San Francisco 49ers week. What's up, D4? I'm staking it. I mean, I'm medium rare. I'm just preparing for the end of the show when you tell me I won our, our game so I can, we can you can take me to macro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, we do have some business to attend to. We'll put a a bow on our playoff eliminator contest. And I have a feeling it's coming out of my pocket. But uh, that's the the least of my concerns right now, DeMarco. I'll gladly pay you off for... um, to make things right between us. But uh, for now, let's let's enjoy the peace and quiet that we have in our respective home offices because the rest of the evening, the rest of the week will not be football-centric, right? No, not at all. Uh, look, we're parents. In today's world, there's a lot going on. We, we have little kids and grown kids, and there's a lot to worry about. So this, this is our respite. This is our, our, what do you call that, in the middle of the desert? This is our oasis. When we talk about, yeah. Yes. When yep. We talk about ball and look, man, this is a great week. It is. And you know, I can't stand the 49ers, but really this is the way you want it, man. I mean, you, you, you have a chance to do something great. Um, a lot of people had written you off after a three game losing streak and you win four straight and you got to finish off with them. So yeah, this is, this is great, man. This is, this has been a heck of a ride. Yeah, I, I echo your sentiments. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the football ones in a second, but I can't believe that you know two years into this, here we are again, needing to re-up our thanks and appreciation for you know teachers, um, educators, childcare providers, parents, especially single parents. My goodness, uh, teaming with my wonderful wife, we've got all we can handle, and then some. I don't know how single parents do it. So uh, we hope that the Rams, we hope that the NFL. Uh, once again, providing some solace for you, some yeah. reprieve as we kick off a new year um, in much the same position that we have been here, here. in previous months and years. Yes, um, all right. As for the uh, the stakes this weekend, I mean, Rams and 49ers, anytime, any place, any situation is a big one. It's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, on the Rams schedule. But when the schedule was released to Marco way back in the spring, and you saw what Week 18 had in store, it was as if the league was telling you, our anticipation is that this game is going to be for all the marbles. Not quite how it played out, but pretty close. San Francisco is desperate. The Rams are in the driver's seat. Well, I, I think you're all kind of desperate, right? I mean, aren't you desperate for you know getting a home game in the postseason? Aren't you desperate what? to get that break? And aren't they desperate to stay in the race? So uh, it's not for all the marbles. I guess Green Bay has got the big marble. But, yeah, this this game means a lot. They were right. We were right. We said at the end of the year this game is going to mean a whole lot. And here we are. And, you know, I think right now uh, I think the Rams might be as close to playing their best football. Um, now, it didn't look pretty in Baltimore, but that was a gritty, gutty win 
that's not a tough place to go down there and, and win. And especially when you turn it over three times to, to come back and dig yourself out of that hole and get a victory there when they had a lot to play for. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Rams are just about ready for the postseason. I think they're just about ready. And you might as well call this weekend a playoff game. You know, sure. I know you're going to move on. You're, you're still guaranteed to move on, but you, you had to go on the road to win in Baltimore. Now you got to, to face an opponent that knows you, that's beaten you before. You have to get through that to advance beyond that. So yeah, this is, this is going to be great. Uh, th- you couldn't have written, written this script better in Hollywood. Can I follow up with you on the word you used there, desperate or desperation yeah. and its role? in professional football and in games like these. And here's the backstory, the thought, the premise for this question. The Rams have been playing desperate teams throughout their winning streak. Maybe not Jacksonville, but let's pick it up Monday night football against Arizona. Mm. Cardinals were reeling a little bit, right? Like their Mm -hmm. grip on, on that thing. The NFC was in jeopardy. They were atop the NFC, but it was perilous. Rams got them at their place with a shorthanded roster. Seattle was definitely on the brink. When Seattle came to SoFi, it was their last chance, and the Rams took it away from them. They may have effectively ended the Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson era. You go to Minnesota for your second game that week, and Kirk Cousins and the Vikings have three games to go, knowing they need to win two, if not all three of them, with Green Bay awaiting them next. You committed three turnovers and still found a way to never trail them. And then Baltimore, absolutely Baltimore, there's still a path, but they needed to beat the Rams last week. And you came from behind on your final offensive drive to get them too. And so I'm I'm getting to this now element with the 49ers where if they don't beat the Rams and the Saints beat the Falcons, they don't get to play next week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you could be over. And that's, that's so funny. I mean, Minnesota lost the week after, right? After the Rams beat them. Arizona, I know, lost the next week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're putting everything on the line to beat the Rams, and the Rams come up with the victory. That is soul-snatching. You know what I mean? That's that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow for a team. And they're coming in saying, we have to do this for our very lives. We're coaching for our head coach's job, if you think, in terms of Minnesota. And you come up empty. Yeah, so um, this is all building. The Rams have answered a lot of questions. And this is all building towards the postseason where you are going to be tested in a thousand different ways, not just X's and O's, but how much you want this like this week. Uh, it's not about X's and O's. They know you, you know them. It's, it's not, and it's beyond who wants it more, who needs it more. You know, everybody wants it, but who needs it more? And you're going to find out snap in and snap out. So this is going to go down to the wire where every single play, every single technique, every block, every miss, whatever, uh, from offense, defense, and special team is going to matter towards winning. So it's not just your stars have to be ready to play. Everybody on the roster has to be ready to go and chip in when your name is called. I know how you feel about the 49ers having lived it for an entire career. I think I know how... Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and maybe Cooper Cup and Andrew Whitworth and some of these guys who have been a part of it now for several years are starting to come around to the importance of it. I certainly know how critical it is to our audience, but it hasn't really been fair to say, all right, OBJ or or Von Miller or Matthew Stafford, like you understand rivalries and what they mean to football, but you don't have necessarily the investment in this head-to-head that so many of your peers and definitely the fan base and our audience does. 
This might be the first time, DeMarco, because of the backstory, because of the losing streak, and now because of what's on the line at SoFi Stadium, where I think you might be able to feel the rivalry inside the Rams locker room on Sunday. Oh, definitely. The fan base knows. And, you know, I, I got to admit, it's changed a little bit be- since realignment when you put Seattle in the West. So they've created some new rivalries, Rams, Seattle, 49ers, Seattle. Uh, but this is old. And, you know, when you come into it, you don't know anything about it. I mean, maybe if you do, if you kind of follow football, but it's your leadership that kind of turns your attention to it. Uh, my guy was Jackie Slater. He was very jovial. He was funny. He was the guy that kept you in stitches. But he would change during 49er week. You know, that that's for next week. Let's save the pranks for next week. This is serious. So it's up to guys like Aaron Donald who have been through it that understand what this means in this rivalry and what it means when you do beat them in this division to kind of introduce everyone to this rivalry. Bring them in. Von Miller, OBJ, all these new guys that are coming to this rivalry. When you see that it means a lot to him, it's going to mean a lot to you. You know what I mean? I don't want to let this down because it means so much to him. And then you pass that on and you pass that uh, so on and so forth. That's how the, 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 the rivalry is passed down. But even if you don't know anything about the history, just think about that first game. Just from a team standpoint, that was a no contest. They absolutely blew you off the field. Tell me you wouldn't want to see them again. You know, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't want to, you know, have a better acquitting of yourself against them. I wouldn't want George Kittle to think I'm that easy to beat. I wouldn't want Sean McVay or Shanahan to think that my team is that easy to beat. So just from that standpoint, in 2021, that rivalry should be born. It was the 49ers biggest win of the season. It was the Rams worst defeat of the season. So that alone, yes, I do think there's some vengeance to be had. Yeah. Uh, you mix that in the cocktail that is San Francisco and Los Angeles, and it's all that more intense. The Niners are nine and seven. The Rams are 12 and four. With a win, the Rams would finish the first 17 game slate in the NFL's history with 13 victories. Wow. Each time they've won 13 in a season, they've gone to the Super Bowl. 99, 2001, 2018. So here's the history repeating itself, right, DeMarco? No doubt. Uh, you know, why don't people talk about McVay for coach of the year? I mean, well, there I, are. seriously, I mean, I know I, th- you can make a case for variable. You can make a case for a lot of guys. I'm not saying that, you know, he should win coach of the year, but why aren't people making a case for it based on what you had to do? Remember, this was a completely different football team at Halloween. Then switched, went through a three-game losing streak, turned it around, and now you have a chance to lock up the two seed. If that ain't great coaching, I don't know what is. Yeah. Well, a couple of branches off his coaching tree, Zach Taylor and Matt LaFleur have very good cases in addition to some others like Bill Belichick. But uh, I can tell you why it's not going to happen. It's because he basically went Christmas shopping (laughs) year-round. From acquiring the quarterback that he wanted... Right. To, to signing Deshaun Jackson and drafting Tutu Atwell to get more explosive, to trading for Vaughn Miller to complete the pass rush, to signing OBJ um, midseason. Like, he, he got what he wanted to get his team to this point to have this opportunity to go all in on a Super Bowl run. And so everyone's just waiting to see if he can cash it in, but they're not going to reward him preemptively. So you're not going to get the 12 credit. or 13 wins. You're not going to get the credit for basically coaching five different football teams in one year. Look, I, I, could, <laughs> I could argue it the other way too, and I will. Right. I, I think you can you can give him um, management 
or, or personnel manager of the year, but okay. NFL, coach, NFL coach of the year, not going to happen. Okay. We're going to, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to go with 11 and attack with Cam Akers. Oh, that's done. Okay. Now we're going to go 13 and attack with Sony Michelle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And receiver wise. Okay. We're going to use DJX. Okay. Now he's gone. Now let's bring OBJ in and, and run this. Oh, Robert Woods is gone too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to add Von Miller to defense. So, I mean, that's like five, six different teams and styles all in one season. And like you said, you got a chance for 13 wins. And we're just going to bypass that because why? Less need is pretty good on the phone. <laughs> right. What's more likely to happen? McVay for coach of the year or Aaron Donald to collect his fourth defensive player of the year in a season in which Watt wow. might take the sacks record? Tuffy, man. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, let me throw it back at you because I'm a sack guy. Um, and I think what that guy, what Watt is doing in Pittsburgh is unreal. I mean, he is unblockable. But watching Aaron week in and week out, really, what he's had to do, even through the three-game losing streak where you're playing the opposite of Ram football and he's doing the tough, nasty, gritty, defensive, wide-body stuff to make plays and set other people up. So for me, it's as long as he's in the league, he's that guy. Sacks be damned. Um, and I can understand if it goes a different direction this year. But it's going to. For my money, watching that guy play, I, he doesn't get enough credit from how he's doing it and where he's doing it from. It's almost impossible to be that dominant from a tackle spot. I'm going to save my Aaron Donald thought for two segments from now, because we're going to go break down the offense against the Niners and then the defense against San Francisco on this edition of Rams All Access. Uh, But since you mentioned Cam Akers, why don't we go there next? The regular season finale and the season finale for the Rams second year running back. What might he inject in this offense just in time for a rivalry week and the postseason? You're listening to Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, five months removed from an Achilles injury this summer. Cam Akers is set to make his season debut in the Los Angeles Rams backfield. Sean McVay and the Rams opened this window to return a couple of weeks ago, but this was the game they always had in mind in terms of their time frame. Now that it's here, we asked the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams how he plans to deploy Cam Akers. You know, he did a great job these last couple of weeks. Uh, to say that he's not ready, I don't know that I'd be accurate. I think he's ready. Uh, I think he probably would have been ready to go last week. Um, but we're uh, we're operating with the expectation and anticipation that Cam Akers is going to make his Rams debut in the 2022 season uh, after Achilles surgery this week. I think uh, I think he's got a chance to be able to contribute and. This is a pretty cool story. It's because he's earned the right to come out and help us as a team. You know, what a great reflection of his mental toughness, the way he attacked the rehab, Neil Elitrush, Reggie Scott, the medical group to help kind of facilitate, you know, that rehab process. Byron Cunningham, I know, has been instrumental in that. But, you know, Cam deserves a lot of credit. This is a special guy um, who's a special player. 
and hanging back definitely will give us a boost. And, you know, what that workload looks like and how it works, I can't answer that quite yet, but I do expect him to be able to contribute in some form or fashion um, on Sunday against the Niners. Oh. Uh, Sean McVay on Cam Akers, and this is Rams All Access previewing Week 18. The 49ers and the Rams, we welcome DeMarco far back in. What were your thoughts about how McVay and the Rams handled Akers and what he might be able to bring to the field this weekend? Unbelievable. Um, it's the trifecta. Um, this team is good. This coach is great. They've got a great roster and they've the front office and just the totality of the football team is unbelievable. Uh, your medical staff is top notch and they do right by their players. I mean, this is going to be or already is a destination spot for free agents. You want to come out west. So I think that's special. But K-Makers, um, let him go. I think that's the thing I heard on the coach's show when he talked about Cam Akers was just let him go, which means he is ready to play football. There's nothing you can't call with him. So whatever you thought this offense was going to be in September with Cam Akers, I think that sort of use, um, his approach to the offense and what he brings to it is going to be fully available to the Rams, which is scary for anyone else. You can attack at 11, 12, and 13 now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and and be good in all three different personnel groups and be dominant. So that's good. This is the perfect place to have Cam Akers come back, to have a fresh-legged starting tailback come back to, to resume the season. This is a perfect spot for him. I mean, I think human nature is to be cautious, to be tentative, to maybe ease him into the shallow end. But if you had any reservations, DeMarco, he wouldn't be playing this weekend. Right. You know, when they when I heard that they put him on the active roster, um, I was like, wow, is he ready to go? And then like two days later, yeah, he can go. But we've been hearing about his progress for a month now. Yeah. Like they were marveling at his progress a month ago. And it was kind of a whisper that you might get Cam Akers back. And then it became a reality. So, yeah, if he's ready to go, let him go. Full package, full dose, full everything Cam Akers. Sean said he was ready last week, and I watched him take his pregame on the natural grass service in Baltimore. I, I believed it. I was a believer. I have been a believer. Real quick before I, I, I give you a thought on how I think he might impact the Rams offense, you touched on something that I think is important. I don't want to overlook it because long-term it's significant. The impression that the Rams made on Cam Akers, on their roster, and maybe on professional football in general by opening up that window and making sure that Cam gets an accrual for – this season, basically credit for being a part of this season. That's, you know, that, that was such a cool thing. It's the right thing, but you'd be surprised JB, how much it doesn't happen. Um, certain teams, there are certain places the guys just don't want to go. And I'm not going to say them out loud, but um, if, if you're in the business, you probably know, but this is the exact opposite. It's favorable weather. You're in Southern California. Um, so you can train year round. You can move here and stay here and live here and play here. Uh, and then you have a front office, a group that does right by its players when they don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, um, that goes around the league. Um, that's how you get free agents fighting to come here. So uh, I think that's awesome. And it also shows that they they care about the guy in the uniform. Um, you'd be surprised. Some other places, it's the exact opposite. You, you just feel like the uniform or the laundry is more important and the person does not matter. This is the opposite. The uniform matters. They care about that, but they also care about the person inside of it. So I think that's huge. Hmm. So how have defenses been combating Matthew Stafford and the Rams, and how might Cam Akers fit in? I'll tell you what I see. No one's blitzing anymore. 
they're dropping into coverage, they're playing zone, and they're trying to keep you from getting vertical because for the better part of this season, that's what McVay and Stafford have done as well or better than any team in the in the league, right? Better, better than any right. offense in the league. And so what I think is there and what we've seen, if you're patient enough to take it, is six to eight yards on a check down, sometimes 12 if you break a tackle. And I love Sony Michelle, and he has turned this offense around, but it's not a special part of his skill set. If you're checking down to Cam Akers rather than Sony Michelle, Woo! <laughs> now, now you're forcing defenses to pick their poison in a much yeah. different way. And I'm I, not saying that I'm not saying yeah. that Cam is just a checkdown option, but that's what immediately comes to mind, especially coming off of Baltimore and Minnesota. Well, that that's what they gave you, right? That's what you're going off. Yes. That's what Baltimore was giving you was that little check down to the running back. And if Sony Michelle, I guess, how many did he drop? Two, maybe three. Yeah, I mean, if he's uh, if, if he ups his percentage, you would have softened Baltimore up faster. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. If you put that out there and that's Cam Akers, you got issues as a defense. Uh, but right now it seems like well, Baltimore especially, they were waiting to see if Matthew Stafford could complete those throws. They were waiting to see if he was going to make a mistake, and he did a few times. Um, so that's how the game is being called. Um, but when they do give you those outlets, you've got to make them pay for it. You really do. Or they're just going to keep doing it over and over and over and over again. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I remember that's how Steven Jackson, I believe, when he first came in, had close to 1,000 yards receiving on those checkdowns. He made you pay for it. So, absolutely, I am right there with you. You sew that up, you're going to have to bring those safeties closer to the line of scrimmage, and then that opens you up for the vertical game. Yeah, I think the check down and the screen game are both uh, yeah. poised to reach their peak level here just when it matters most. I think our audience knows this, but let's spell it out just in case. Sonny Michelle is not going anywhere. Just because we're on the topic of Cam Akers, Michelle is going to get a steady diet, and so are the Niners and whoever comes next on the Rams schedule. You know, that's the one thing I'm not sure of, and that's because I don't know – Sony Michelle, as as well as I do, I guess, a guy like Cam Akers. We've seen him from rookie year till now. I don't know how he is split in time. I know how he is as the bell cow. He likes to be out there every single snap. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know how he's going to be in that role. You run it and let Cam come in and do what he does. Um, so we'll see if that affects him. I hope not. Um, I hope Sean McVay and that coaching staff will keep him engaged, even though he might be, how do I say it, uh, losing a few carries to Cam Akers. That's tough because he hasn't doing he hasn't done anything to uh, to lose carries. But now that Cam's back, he's going to get his too. I hope that doesn't affect Sony Michelle going forward. Well, you could either platoon series or you could yeah. use him as a true third down back. Would you have an issue with either of those? No. Uh, let me look. Hold on. I, I wouldn't. Um, I think the two can be effective together. It's just you know how some guys are, and they need oh, yeah. every single rep and to be in the game to get that rhythm to be effective and. If that changes, I hope it doesn't change the guy. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Sonny Michelle, 98% of the snaps last week versus Baltimore. So if that drops to, say, 70, um, will that affect him mentally? Does that affect his effectiveness towards the defense? Because he's a grinder type. The more carries he gets, the more he wears you down. Now, if you take those away, put him on the bench, does he have to start and restart again when he gets back on the field? Hmm. All right, we also had a, another special guest on our programming this week, and that was 2022 Hall of Fame semifinalist Tori Holt, who knows a thing or two about this Niners rivalry, but also had some interesting perspective on Cooper Cup, who is on the verge 
of clinching the NFL's triple crown and maybe chasing down some other NFL records. Here's Torrey Holt from Between the Horns this week. You know, his physical talents, we obviously see, but the mental part of it is what I had an opportunity to to to, to chat with him about and and how he sees and breaks down the game. That gives him the opportunity or he has, allows him the ability to get open at a rapid rate. You know, Cooper Cup was, when he was in university, y'all, he was a four-time first-team All-American. Mm-hmm. He was very, very productive in university. And, 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 and it's carried on to the National Football League. And as I mentioned, Odell Beckham been in a favorable position, as all those offensive guys are in a favorable position, Cooper Cup is as well because Sean McVay knows how to use it. You can line him up in the slot. He can play outside. You can line him up in the backfield, get mismatches with, with him and linebackers or safeties that are box safeties. So they're doing a good job of putting him putting him in positions to win. But it's his physical uh, physical mentality uh, that, to me, is gotten him to this point. Think about it. Triple crown. Think about how strong this guy is from the core down to be able to every single weekend run the way that he runs, make people miss, uh, run every route. This dude is physical, physical and mentally tough, and we are witnessing history. And I think this weekend against the 49ers, it's a meaningful game. Everybody's playing. It's best on best. So I think you'll see Cooper Cup at his best this weekend against the 49ers. You know, man, he is special. They are special. Um, When I mean they, I mean the receiving core, but I mean Sean McVay as well and Matthew Stafford. Uh, There was a concerted effort to get him the football, and he has delivered. He's been there week in and week out, and he has absolutely just snatched the heart out of uh, defenses every single week. And I think the, the most salient point that, that Tory made when we did talk to him earlier was, you know he's getting the ball and you still can't do anything about it. That's like Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? You know that he's there and you have your whole game plan is to stop him and he still wrecks the game. Same for Cooper Cup. You know you have to keep 10 from the ball, yet you can't do it. So, yeah, this is a, it's been a hell of a year. Um, I think they made the right choice to run the offense through him. And, you know, hopefully you can take this show into the postseason. Best receiving season in NFL history is a bit too much for me to sign my name to because it's just too difficult to compare across eras and generations and rules have changed and the number of games has changed and so many other things. But I'm pretty comfortable and confident with my perspective, with my depth of experience, which is limited to say most complete receiving season, because for all the other Hall of Fame receivers who have been in this stratosphere, I don't recall seeing them complement the offense through the running game the way that Cooper Cup has. Fair. And, you know, and I heard you guys, I think I was a part of it, but kind of listening to the side receivers have changed. The running back receiver thing is, is, is new. Um, the way Cooper Cup plays the game and how effective he is and how important he is to run and pass um, is, is is something we haven't seen. So I, I think we can – the receiver position is being redefined. And right now, he may be at the top of it, hmm. really. Um, I don't know if anybody in the league can do what he's doing, really. Uh, name a guy that can actually play or replicate what Cooper Cup is doing in this offense. No, I I think it goes both ways. I think the Rams are incredibly fortunate to have Mm -hmm. drafted him. And I think he's incredibly fortunate to be in a place and with a head coach like Sean McVay who can leverage the full portfolio of talents that he has, including between the years. I mean, he he really does have an assistant coach 
on the field, in addition to his quarterback, speaking of Sean McVay. All right, DeMarco, coming up, it might be the most important segment in Rams All-Access history. Because you and I have to solve for Kyle Shanahan. Oh, boy. Kyle Juszczyk, Jimmy Garoppolo, left-handed if necessary, (laughs) George Kittle. You know where we're going with this. It will define the Rams season and their path to a Super Bowl run. The defense of Los Angeles against the offense of San Francisco when we return on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. 49ers 9-7, Rams 12-4. This one has all the stakes at SoFi Stadium this weekend. The Rams can wrap up the NFC West, the best division in football, and with it, the two seed in the NFC playoff picture. The Niners feel like they must win to get in because if they don't, New Orleans could eliminate San Francisco from the playoffs by beating the Falcons. We continue to Marco Far, JB Long with Rams All Access. All right, it's time to solve the puzzle, DeMarco. And by the puzzle, I mean the concepts that Kyle Shanahan deploys in a smash-mouth fashion against the Rams' defense. I'm talking about 44 running plays in the Week 10 win. I'm talking (laughs) about drives of 11 and 18 minutes going back to Levi's Stadium. Why does this continue to plague Los Angeles? Well, they're good. It's, it's everybody for the most part. I think they have, what, eight or nine drives that are 90 yards plus. They're good in the red zone. Um, to me, when you watch them, they have a funny way of, you know, having guys end up on the wrong side of blocks defensively. They are really good. I'm looking at their line now. Williams, Tomlinson, Mack, Brunskill, Compton, they don't get enough credit for what they do. They're tremendous at it. Um, but for the Rams, you got to break it down to assignment football, if you ask me. Uh, there's a lot of eye candy that goes on, a lot of mixed direction stuff. Use check is a fuse. Every time I see that guy start to move, it's like a fuse is being lit, and it, the outcome is always going to be bad. So they get you to constantly make decisions and second-guess yourself, and then out goes the football. So you can't worry about that stuff. You're going to have to compartmentalize it on defense and – Break it down to defeating your man. Read your keys. Uh, if you're a linebacker, you're going to watch fullback near guard and you you go based on what they do and just lock yourself into that only. Uh, Safety is the same way. If you're responsible for Kittle, stay on him throughout the play and only worry about that and ha- hope you have 11 guys doing the same thing on every single play because that's the only way to stop them. Uh, but they seem to always get somebody out of position and find a way to get the ball to the perimeter, and there's nothing you can do to stop them. So it's all about assignment football this week, if you ask me. Aren't the Rams uniquely equipped to combat this, though? And here's what I mean. On the interior, the way Gray Gaines and Ashawn Robinson and Aaron Donald are teaming together, as good as any force in football. On the edge, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller, for all their pass rushing prowess, those are two great edge setters and run players you got speedy linebackers behind them i wish ernest jones was was going to be able to play this weekend he's not but then you go next to the chess piece that is jalen ramsey and for an offense at least when jimmy garoppolo is at the controls that doesn't throw downfield that doesn't throw outside the numbers you have a shutdown corner who's so much more than a than a corner who takes away a side of the field like you have just the right ingredients to shut this down you just haven't you know, if, if, if the 49ers run an offense with the same guys, Debo Samuel, IU, Garoppolo, or Lance, um, Mitchell at running back, that same offensive line, if you ran a similar offense to the Texans, the Rams would kill it. 
It's basic. It's like spring football, but this is different. And how they call it, how he calls it against you, he makes your rules work against you, much like McVeigh does. So yeah. uh, it, it's a cavalcade of misdirection that that constantly makes you second guess as a defense, and that's how they get you. So, but you have to accept the challenge. There's no way through it, but through you. There's no call that Raheem Morris can give you. Uh, there's no strategy he can give you to shut down this offense. It's just man for man, you have to make more plays than them. For the most part, what I see is usually they get people in space and then they they break tackles and then they, away they go. So you've had people in the right spots. You just can't get them on the ground. So that, to me, is the game. You can be right, but you have to be right and then get them on the ground at the same time. I want to ask you about the quarterback dilemma, if there is one. But before I forget, the point you're making about Aaron Donald and MVP that I wanted to follow up on in this segment you know what's different to this for this year for me? But he doesn't leave the field at all. <laughs> he does not leave the field. And for all we've talked about, the Rams being all in and the moves they've made to make this the year and to keep their window open, you know what's more telling to me than anything else about the sense of urgency? You cannot get 99 off the field anymore. Run or pass down doesn't matter. He won't leave. You know, I, you, just watching the whole thing that unfolded last week. Um, and I, 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 let's talk about it for a hot minute with, with Rapp and Ramsey when they were kind of, you know, having yep. a disagreement on the bench. The first thing I saw was Aaron Donald go over and grab Rapp and put him in a headlock and talk to him, like whisper him, talk to him in his ear. Like that was the only guy that could calm him down because, one, he's tougher and stronger. Number two, he's got the respect of everyone on the team. And then he went right to Ramsey and did the same thing. You know what I mean? So – that's leadership to me. And then not coming off the field, this means a lot to him, man. He's putting everything into this year to get it done, you know? So he's special, but he's also bringing people along with him. So uh, not only is he just a great player, he's also an excellent leader. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. this is it. Uh, if, if you want to know what this game means, watch him at warm-up. Watch him at pregame. Watch how he starts this football game. He'll tell you everything you need to know about what this game means and what it should mean to every player in the Rams uniform. Yeah. I'm speaking for myself here, not for him. But I would say this to Rap or Ramsey or whomever. Don't blow this up now. We've come all, we've come all this way. We've earned this chance. I don't know how many more chances I'm going to get. This is as good as it could possibly be right now. The two seed is in front of us. Not now. Not here, yeah. not now. I don't I don't mind the, the problems. Everyone should have problems on defense. You should be communicating. There should be issues. Offenses are too good and it's too late in the year. What I didn't like was the reaction to it. You know what I mean? Be professional. Uh, you're a safety and a corner. Yeah. And you can't be out there beefing. You have to work together. And they did that part. But you have to be together, be more professional. Because those same situations are going to come up in the playoffs. Okay, as for the Niners quarterbacking situation, the next time the Rams beat Jimmy Garoppolo will be the first time. So there's a school of thought where if he can go, and even if he has to throw it left-handed, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm riding that. I'm riding that. On the other hand, you know, Trey Lance, you mortgage the future to get him. He got you a win. He certainly accentuates your running game. He's got more in the passing game when he lets it rip. Mm. Where are you with respect to what the Rams are really preparing to face here? Honestly, okay, here's – I've been thinking about this. Um, if I'm them, then it's Garoppolo for this year. Definitely next year, that kid. 
Trey Lance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's some, there's something there. He's got an arm. Uh, you can see the how dynamic he is when he pulls the ball down and starts to scramble. But they're a different football team when Garoppolo is under center. Everything just works a little bit faster. So I'm with you. If Garoppolo is ready to go, that's my guy. But next season, you're going to have problems with him. Once he right. learns this game and the speed of this game, you're going to have problems with Trey Lance. All right. So what's most likely to happen Sunday? Garoppolo takes every snap. We see Garoppolo and Lance, or Lance gets the start because Garoppolo just not there, and they sink or swim with their rookie. I would bet Garoppolo is going to start and be there, and I, I, I'm sure that they might have a package or two for Trey Lance, or Jimmy Garoppolo gets knocked out early, and you see him anyway. But if they're rolling, if they're driving the football from the two all the way down, then I would keep Trey Lance on the bench. The offense is functioning just fine. But if they need a spark in the red zone and – Say the Rams, they, they drive to the red zone and the Rams defense stands up twice and they want to throw a wrinkle at you. I would put the running quarterback out there. I'd make mm. you have to extend your your run responsibilities out one more gap with that guy to see if you can cover it. But if Garoppolo, if Garoppolo is rolling, stay with that. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, but like I said, with Garoppolo under center, it just seems to me like the offense just functions a little bit faster than with Trey Lance right now. Yep. Yep. No, I, I think if – since we started this with solving the puzzle, if you're Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, if the Rams haven't solved the puzzle, why give them a different problem? No right? doubt. No doubt. We'll I, did he even get hit the last time? I Garoppolo? mean, yeah, no, it, was, it was snap Marco, throw gone. <laughs> Marco, go, between now and Sunday, go revisit his next-gen passing chart and then go look at his time to throw. Career low, not outside the numbers, not beyond 10, 12 yards. He didn't have to, so why would he? Right. <laughs> but it also, they took no chances. Like their, their risk tolerance in that game was next to nothing because right. they didn't have to. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have to. They played with the lead the entire time. They choked out time of possession. Um, here's hoping to a re- reversal of fortunes in that yeah. uh, story and in that rivalry this weekend. All right. Before we're done, um, some dues are coming for me. <laughs> it might be time to pay up. Do I have any hope in week 18? We'll finish off Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr after this on 710 ESPN. All right, final segment of Rams All Access. Back with DeMarco Farr, JB Long. Hope you can join us Sunday at SoFi Stadium for the regular season finale, the 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. A win for the Rams, and they will host a playoff game next week as well as the two seed in the NFC playoff framework. DeMarco, before we get to uh, our playoff eliminator contest, I want to go back in time. And the last time we were together, the Rams had just defeated the Baltimore Ravens. And we were going to the late window as the Cowboys played host to the Cardinals. And we were debating what's best for the Rams here. Because Mm -hmm. if the Cardinals had fallen, the Rams would already be division champions. But by virtue of Arizona beating Dallas, now you get a chance to play for a little bit more, a chance to get greedy. It does mean you have to handle your business this weekend. How do you feel that went? Great. Uh, look, I, I thought the – do I wish the team would have played better versus Baltimore? Sure, everybody does. But I don't think I would change a thing. A point win on the road in Baltimore, a desperate Baltimore squad, I think that would that would have done more than a 35-point victory. You know what I mean? But are you, but are you glad that the Cowboys fell to the Cardinals and that the NFC West had to wait another week? In exchange, you get to play for a 2C to finish ahead of the Cowboys? Yeah, I am now because I think the confidence boost is what you need versus San Francisco going forward. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Maybe it might have been changed had the outcome been different in Baltimore, but the way you won, how you won, yeah, I think that sets you up for all the more. I think you're ready to play for all the marbles, so to speak, this week. Okay. All right, I've got some good news oh, and I've got some bad news. For? <laughs> what are you setting me up for, JB? <laughs> I've got some good news and I've got some bad news because, as we've hinted at, the uh, playoff eliminator game has not gone my way down the stretch, and that's okay. And I am more than ready and willing to pay up. In fact, I think dinner ultimately will be on me. However, will for be. those who are new to the program, let's lay it out. All season long, DeMarco and I, on a weekly basis, have been drafting teams that we think are cooked, that are going to miss the postseason. And the more of these teams that you have in in your portfolio, the better chance you have to win. One team, one point. So as it stands, DeMarco has selected nine teams. I've selected 10 teams. And I'm in trouble. I'm not going to lie. I've got the Colts, who have an 89% chance of making the playoffs. I've got the Las Vegas Raiders, who are in a win-and-get-in situation in the regular season finale. And even Pittsburgh and New Orleans can still handle their business and get in. So I'm, I'm in treacherous waters. And DeMarco, for the better part of a couple of weeks, is just saying, you know what? I'm going to let him go down with the ship. I'm going to let him do his thing. But here's the deal. DeMarco took the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. <laughs> and the Philadelphia Eagles are in the postseason. Oh. By virtue of Green Bay winning last Sunday night, the Eagles are clinched. Now, oh, by the letter of the law, go ahead, DeMarco. There's an X next to Philadelphia. Wait a minute. Go ahead. By the letter of the law, we're both probably cooked. Like unless the Colts, Steelers, Saints, and Raiders somehow all get eliminated and I might come away scot-free here. I don't think that's going to happen. But technically, DeMarco, you're I eliminated too. <laughs> however, however, in the spirit of the game, if you've got one team out of nine and I've got multiple, then I lost. And I would be more than glad when this is all said and done to not only take you to dinner, but I also think we should include MJD and Adam Bronstein, who's had to tolerate us for this entire season and especially for this ridiculous exercise. Yeah, I, you know what? You're a gentleman. You're an absolute gentleman because I lost fair and square. <laughs> but, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was it was kind of a, a, a null set. We we both. Uh, you know, kind of came out ineligible, I guess, but I definitely game. had the worst of it. You played the game much better than I did. And so we can revisit this after all the results are in in week 18. But I feel pretty confident giving this one to you and maybe adjusting my strategy for 2022. I, it's, it's, the sad thing is, JB, I have a pretty good nose for dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So start thinking, since this will be the last time we chat on this particular program, about where you would like to go and when the uh, coast is clear for us to get away from our respective loved ones and no doubt. go have a, yeah. a safe outdoor dinner somewhere. And uh, I will gladly pick up the tab because I owe you and I owe Adam uh, more than more than just this one. So I wonder if there we can dash all at the same time. Like if we had to do it from home, like can we can we DoorDash and get everybody like delivered at the same time? <laughs> possible, <It's> possible. <laughs> Maybe get them uh, on as a sponsor for next year <laughs> season of, of Rams All Access. Awesome. All right, let's wrap it up with one final thought on San Francisco and Los Angeles with the division at stake at SoFi Stadium. Well, just boil it down, right? It's it's San Francisco, L.A. Uh, it's 49ers, Rams. We get that. But when I was playing and they were beating us, when they beat us seven straight, 
it was the same guy that was beating me over and over and over again. The names didn't change. And that is more maddening than anything. So for guys that have been through this, like Aaron Donald, if not now, when? If not now, it might not ever happen. So that has to permeate through the locker room. And you have to play your best football game. The only thing that we seem to can't control, and I'm not sure if I want to control it, is Matthew Stafford. Um, I don't want to change him. I think I'd rather live with the warts. I'd rather have a guy that's ultra aggressive versus a guy that is kind of ultra passive. Go out there and play your game. If you throw picks, then so be it. Let's hope the defense can bail you out. But I think that's the only thing. Hopefully, we'll get back to the guy that doesn't turn it over and is a genius with the football. Uh, then you move past this game and move past other games into the postseason. Hmm. I'll finish where we started. When the schedule came out, this was the one you circled for all the reasons. The rivalry, what the NFL was telling you about how they thought the NFC West might play out. And here we are, not exactly the way they drew it up. But the Rams rallying from essentially down three in the division following a winless November with a chance to close the year on a six-game winning streak and put on some T-shirts and hats at SoFi Stadium to celebrate their NFC West crown before they begin their playoff run. For Marco Farr, I'm JB Long. For Adam and Jory and MJD and everyone who's played a part in this season, thank you so much for listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.